That's fine. Hey, hey, we should do an intro. No, we shouldn't. How will they know we're the theater boys? They'll just know, okay? And like Congress trying to pass a bill, we are back at it again for the second time. One might say we're in our summer session. <laughs> yeah, we had a few issues on the last uh, Mad Max podcast, so we quickly took that down. Some uh, flawed audio equipment. And uh, we just want to make sure we deliver some good quality to you guys on that. So without further ado, I think we've already kind of led with the uh, the main course there. We are talking about Mad Max Fury Road from 2015. One of my favorite movies visually. Uh, I do. I love the tone that it is. It really sets you and immerses the, the feel with the visuals. Uh, a lot of contrast between blue and red in the whole entire movie, specifically the night and day scenes. And I think it really tries to distinguish itself between those uh, for most of the time. And it just draws like really good contrast. I mean, the whole movie is just set in a sandbox. And they really, I think they, they chose, well, they, didn't, they didn't chose that specifically choose that. because of what they could do. They didn't choose it because of what they could do with it. But what they did with it is they, they turned it into a canvas for whatever they wanted to be, right? Like, you have this post-apocalyptic world. You can completely control all of everything that's in it. Um, they create these massive sandstorms, these trucks, all of the, the I mean, the Mad Max-style vehicles. Those, like, like, not steampunk. How did you describe it? Post-apocalyptic. Yeah, post-apocalyptic, steampunkish, just crazy, outlandish stuff. And, and that's it. They just give you that world. And though it's massive and spans hundreds of miles over the course of this movie, it still feels like it's kind of all in the same place and just stitched together in its own little universe. And I like that a lot. Yeah. I mean, it helps that it's all desert for the most part, except for one tiny portion of it. Well, it's the night scene, which is just fantastic. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole nother, like, they, I feel like they took that part and they separated it out to, like, make you remember it more. Oh, for sure. Because it has a lot of, I think they made it stand out because of its relevance to the story later on. Um, so they wanted you to remember the place that you passed through yeah. on purpose. So you remembered what it looked like, what it was, how they struggled to get through. Uh, and it was just very beautiful. I mean, even from the, the intro scene, aside from uh, like his first initial converse like monologue, the, the opening visuals of a city is very beautiful. And it's just a very stark, harsh world that you're introduced to. And it's just like... I, mean, I think we described it last time. as essentially every 90s music video strung together. That, but also also you, you're getting a little bit of voiceover from Immortal Joe. And he's just saying, that like, don't become addicted to water. You know? But you need water to survive. So it, it was just a really... It, it sets you in that world for sure. Like, don't get addicted to water now. Like, yeah. don't don't worry about your health there, son, because you're going to die anyway. We just deal with now. You're just going to die, so don't worry about it too much. Yeah. No sense worrying. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they, I mean, the, the world building in this is just absolutely incredible. Like, again, they have the three three towns, right? They have the oasis, the, the main area. I forget what they called it. Yeah, I forget what the main town's called. But it's essentially just where like the the vegetables and, and stuff are grown, where the food comes from. 
And then you have Bullet Farm, pretty mm-hmm. self-explanatory, and Gas Town, also pretty self-explanatory. And that's it. And it's just these three places. There's some some scavengers that live in the in-between zones, and and there it is. That's your world. That's all that matters for the entire movie, because mm-hmm. the rest is just desert, and it's yeah. beautiful. Well, desert, desert, mountainous terrain. Yeah, I mean, like that kind of area, just just mountainy kind of. I don't know. Like high desert, I think is what it's called when it gets into the mountains. Yeah. Been out like Utah and stuff a few times. It's still a desert. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's really just amplified it, its visual aspect, its setting by its its score, its soundtrack that was made for it. It just feels like a, a whole heavy metal rock concert coming at you from the get-go. Literally, there is a electric guitar playing blind mutant with a flamethrower on the end of his guitar. That is this movie. That is your Bannerman. Yeah, you might say. Yeah, I mean, he he is like that. That character alone, I think, is one of the most iconic things from this movie. Like I've seen after this movie came out, I remember seeing people post videos online of them rigging their their pickup trucks up with drums that automatically played in the back. Oh my god! So they could do the the whole like war drum beat while they're going down the road. Not my thing, but like. I'm getting out of that truck's way. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought that was pretty, pretty dope. And that that's just something that the movie just kind of, like, it is its own unique thing. It took, like, the old kind of drummer boy war style stuff and how they use music to communicate. They brought that into, like, a modern age. Like, what would that look like? And it's, you have this massive souped up rig with huge speakers on it, just blaring out over the sound of all the engines and everything. Um, the... Everything about the world just seems really unique. Like once you're getting into like now the soldiers of Immortan Joe's army, just like mm-hmm. I guess they're uh, they're they're half lives, and I don't know how that plays into the rest of Mad Max, but they seem to be super affected by the radiation. Their pale skin looks like they kind of get cancer a lot of the time. They're constantly getting blood donations from people that they kidnap and harvest, um, and uh, like you just have these people who are just like, yeah, I'm just. I, judging by the main character, the one character we follow, they probably live to be like 20 at most because yeah. he was like at the end of his life at the beginning of the movie. You're talking about Max? Mm-mm. Or Mortal Joe? No, the, the, the war boy. Oh, the war boy. Because they're like, you're dying, kid. Here's a, a typo to you know, give you a little bit of boost. And he's like, I don't want to die here. I want to die on the road. I think it also has to do with like malnutrition that they can't get certain things into their blood. Oh, most definitely. So I think it's like a combo of things, the malnutrition, not getting enough water, um, over poisoning of something, probably lead or something from those rusted pipes. Oh, uh, it's, it's definitely not a good thing that they got yeah. going for them. So it's, it's just a lot of things that, they have to contend with which makes it a very ripe society for the type of a warlord no no, no not war- I, i'm trying to say just like the the type of religion uh philosophy that's where the type of like philosophy that they have going because they only can live for 20 years and then they die this is why all of them are like so intense about everything why they don't really mind jumping off a vehicle with grenades to go and stop another vehicle. I'm 19. I'm an old man. What's it matter? Yeah. So you have all of those hormones and adrenaline and you think you're old and boom, then you're dead. <laughs> I'm, I'm 19. I've lived a good life. Picks up hand grenade, jumps off the back of a truck. 
yeah that's yeah it. i mean that yeah that that's that's the vibe of the the war boys i mean there and there's like a lot more to them too you see them there i don't know if they're slaves or what but there's some that are like used they're like, cultists yeah they're, they're cultists just, they're just like one, human yeah. machinery essentially yeah um they're just brainwashed into believing that immortal joe is more. how they will get to valhalla by his acceptance from like his stare or from what he says to them or whatever it is and that's their that's their lives that's what they want i also greatly appreciate the use like like the one like a carry through from the old world if you will is like the viking valhalla mm. like specifically calling it valhalla now that also might be for us the audience right because like we know Valhalla is like a warrior's death. Like that's just what we associate it with. It's not heaven. It's not like peace and love and prosperity. It's like I murdered a bunch of people and died with my sword in my hand. And now I get to go drink and feast and celebrate. So like it gives you an I like kind of gives you a like that one word can tell you more about their culture than them like monologuing and explaining the culture to you. Like they take something familiar to us, slap it in there, and then we immediately have a uh, predisposition to what they are mm-hmm. um and i think that's like what a lot of this movie did really well it's just kind of like they didn't really explain too much to you and i don't really think they needed to they were, well they did there was the monologue and stuff in the beginning during kind of like the dream sequence type thing yes and then um after that like i am delivering things to bullet farm and gas town I mean, I, there's there's different expedition for different things. So you don't you won't get expedition for the world anymore, but you get expedition on why he wants the girls and kind of the girls' story. And you also get expedition for Furious's story, uh, and how she gets there. So you don't necessarily get it for the world again, but you'll get it for specific characters while the story progresses, which that, helps just in, enhance what's going. That's more of what I want. I don't want people explaining the legal processes of whatever the heck Immortal Joe is doing. I just want, like... I mean, it, it's... The, so the director's had a choice. You could have the characters tell or you can flashback and show yeah. what has happened. So it, it's just a very uh, direct telling from the characters. They're not showing you anything. Um, which it's just a very conscious choice from them to do. Yeah, which I think more lends to the whole culture that they have that they can't like they have no concept of like seeing something like in an individual sense like they're not going to flash back in their heads because they don't have things to flow like they have what would a flashback be all they know is like words and like oral history oh the war boys yeah like all you have is like oral history even for the girls all they have is oral history they don't have a lot of photos of what happened before what or what the earth looked like before the apocalypse happened so i i think like it it just lends itself to that type of thing like even in like lord of the rings or something you don't you won't get a flashback you'll get a retelling because i think it's happened of the days of yore yeah, I, I like, too, what they do with this, and they do it in the other Mad Max. I don't know if you'd call it broken English or whatever it is, but the, the way they talk about things, specifically historic things, because they've lost the words for certain oh, things. Oh, yeah, they don't so know they, what it is. Yeah, they so don't know the, what the way things they are. describe stuff, I always thought was kind of really, like, you only ever really see... I've only ever really seen it watching the Mad Max movies, or at least done... It's mm. done consistently throughout. They talk about 
oh, the green place or just something like that. Like, cause you know, you, you mm-hmm. have a word for this, but through the course of calamity, they literally lost words mm-hmm. for these things or the people who have grown up in this calamitous catastrophic world don't, they, we weren't taught these words and stuff. I'm like, what does that look like as an adult retelling mm-hmm. a story? Um, and you get that kind of like campfire story vibe whenever they're retelling things. I always liked that a lot. Yeah. Well, speaking of the, the stories that the characters tell, I mean, all the characters in this are pretty... Uh, Very unique. Yeah, I would say each character it just has a whole a whole personality to their own. Each, uh, each one of the girls, uh, the two war boys that we kind of follow, uh, Matt, some mortal Joe, and his kids, they're all so unique. But they... They follow uh, a stereotype in themselves, so you you understand who they are. You understand kind of what their motives are by their actions. You don't really need a whole lot uh, to understand because there's no real big twists or turns. Like you you understand them because they're human, because you can understand just how these people are by the way they dress is who they are is a one-to-one yeah. there's nothing too complex about the characters you got your big bad you got your like your hero who i'd argue is virosa like max is just kind of along for the ride for most of the story yes as is like his his you know beginning sequence of just like yeah. i just survived it's all i knew i just survived well it it kind of changes so furiosa gets disillusioned at the end and Max steps up to the plate to kind of reinvigorate what their plan is. So they wanted to go to the, what was it called? Again? The Green Place. I think, was it the Green Place? or No, oh, no, they went to the Land of the Many Mothers and yes. there they went to the Green Place. Yeah. The Land of Many Mothers where there are, you know, fewer mothers. Much fewer. <laughs> Much fewer mothers. So those are just like the really great characters. Like you have your overarching like Immortal Joe who's your tyrannical ruler and is just plays that to a T for what this culture would have for a tyrannical ruler. You know, just argue like he's the kind of person that like this kind of world would need, right? Because like you're not there's so many scarce resources, they would like need somebody to like actually forcefully collect them. And then it's just mm-hmm. then choosing to be a tyrant while distributing them is not necessarily the best way to go about things. And that's mm-hmm. the way he took um, I'm curious, like, I would love to know the stories about Bullet Town and, uh, Gas Town. Like, I, in my head, I always kind of imagined that this was happening out, like, in the Midwest or, like, the East Coast, but then I saw at the beginning of the movie, Max's car is on the wrong side, and you told me the other ones take place in Australia, so, like, yes. they could be out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean that's now dried up for whatever reason, mm-hmm. or just in Australia, but again, there's, there's no discernible landmarks, um, as far as like that let you know where on our planet they are it's just kind of like it's here that's it and i love that about this it's just a blank canvas for things um what uh do we leave any of the characters i mean obviously there's the war boy who i think is like one of the best story arcs and like a side character yeah he he just has the full redemption arc like he has your whole uh, Jamie Lannister redemption arc going on here who goes from or, or Theon Greyjoy redemption arc like from your most hated character to now your most like loved character uh, by the end of the movie which is just really plays into how the whole plot goes he also just, drives like the whole story yeah well 
Because he's, in one sense, the initiator of Max getting to where he needs to go. Um, and he keeps putting on the pressure in certain events. Like, when the chase scene's happening, he's kind of the main driver of where the the tension and kind of where you're like, oh my gosh, what's what's going to happen here? Um, or it happens to the girls. Those are like your two, like, Ooh, what is going to happen to these people? You don't really know. Um, so that's kind of where you get your excitement uh, from viewing it from their perspective or from around their perspectives. Well, then he ends up being the, the I'd say, like the hero at the end, right? Because he blows up the past. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, that's that's his whole. He started as the guy who could have almost taken down the war rig and then ends the guy who saved him. Yeah. And it's just, it's. It's just it's wholesome in a, in a very yeah wild movie. Which is so, some of the the best sequences is to me when they're going through this uh, condensed pass uh, the first time, and it's this really big drama where the girls have to hide, Max has to hide, and Furiosa has to convince the people that control the pass to let her through. It ends up failing, but that whole entire time you just you feel the tension that like what's going to happen to the girls, what's going to happen to Max. And they're on a time limit because the war band is coming up behind them, going to get them. So there's this big tension going on. And then on the on the way back, the war band is now still chasing them. And the war boy who we've been following decides to say, witness me, which is just a part of their like Valhalla philosophy going on. That, you know, he'll spray his mouth with silver spray paint, say, witness me, and this is what will, this is what will get him into Valhalla. And it's such a a beautiful scene when he does it, and it's just his sacrifice for them to be able to get to the city um, in time. I love this movie so much. Um, I think one of, so what we were talking about earlier with the whole color skewing. Oh, or not color scheme, the contrast of the movie. Mm-hmm. The uh, the one scene, the nighttime scene, uh, actually being chased all day, and they kind of go into like this one pit of mud. It was like a swamp kind of kind of deal, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they're being chased by both the Bullet Farm and the Gastown people. And Max, like the this is the Bullet Farm guy, I think was like hot on their trail. Max does somebody. I don't know if it was Max or if it was somebody else did something and blinded him by like just shooting at him. Right, and then he goes off and like come like my favorite scene he goes off, lots of flashing and gunshots and calamity in the distance, and then he kind of like comes back out of the fog, covered in blood, pops open the I think it was the milk truck, and just starts cleaning him off and drinking the milk. And Fury, I think it was Furious, looks and goes like, "You're bleeding," and he just like rubs his neck. It's not mine. And then just keeps going back to bathing in the milk. And it was just like, like, left the whole thing up to imagination. They didn't mm-hmm. need to do that. It was an obvious choice that they made. They showed plenty of close combat fights and everything else up to that point. And it's just, it goes off and it's just like, what, what happened? There were like eight people on that thing. Mm-hmm. It blew up. He just walked over there. Like, um, I love that kind of stuff in movies when they just kind of like, don't exactly show it on camera and leave it up to you to, to figure out. Um, that's one scene that's always kind of 
stuck with me as a highlight of this one. Mm. Um, also, like I love the vehicles in this movie. I think they're fantastic. Each one kind of matches the character of the person driving it to a certain extent. Um, and it makes it really easy to pick out who's who in all the chase scenes. Like, it's nice. Like, it's not like, you know, when you're watching Star Wars, like, so you always had, like, the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. But, like, when there's a bunch of X-Wings and you just got someone who's like, Red 5. It's like, well, I think I know who it is. And then you see one blow up and you're like, oh, was that, was that that person? Um, and, you know, with this, it's like, oh, his, his car looks this way. His car looks this way. That's that person. I can tell them out of a field of cars because, you know, we saw them earlier in their fancy truck or, you know, this is like a limo type thing or whatever it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, this movie's fantastic. If you haven't seen it, strongly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else you want to add? I, I just I just think the story just lends itself to being a, a very strong thing because it limits where your characters can go. Like the whole in, the driving plot is trying to free the girls, get the girls out of there, and get them to the green place, uh, to where the land of the many mothers are, and that's like the whole driving portion of the plot. And it's just trying to save and protect these girls, and they get to a point where one of them dies. Which is like very sad for everyone that's involved there. And then they get to where the many mothers are, and the disillusionment sets in where there is no green place. You drove through it, it was a wasteland of the blue in the night. And they're like, where do we go from here? Like, well, we might as well just take back the town that we came from. As I said, I think it's like, like a, a really good lesson in, in failure, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we had this plan, we've, we've like died and bled getting out here. And now we realize that it was all for naught. So what's the next best thing we can do? Yeah. And then like, go do your moonshot because that's all you got left. Yeah. And and they came to realize that they did, they are capable of so much by the end of, they finished their first plan, basically. Yeah. And they realized, wow, we could do this. We could drive faster than a mortal Joe, get past him and leave him lost in our tracks. Yeah. So now let's go back and do it again. Yeah, you get that character growth of like that that realization of like what I'm actually capable of versus what I thought I was capable of. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really really well done. In this. Yeah. The uh. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's about it for me. What do you think? Yeah. Solid eight out of ten. Yeah. Do yeah. recommend go watch it if you haven't already. Please do. Movie's fantastic. All right, guys. We will see you in the next one.